Today we're talking about turkey, the animal and food stuff, turkey. So I actually had my first turkey buying experience on the weekend. I mean, I've eaten turkey a lot at Christmas and stuff, but I've always, um, the turkey's always been provided to me. I've never been. Fall from the sky? Uh, It falls from my mother's oven. Okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've never been the turkey provider. So the reason I bought a turkey was to take photos from ingredi- for Ingredipedia for our Instagram. Um, and I didn't know this, but the turkey is freaking expensive. They're like 50 bucks each and they're huge. I didn't even think one could fit in my oven. So I was going to buy a packet of shaved turkey, but then I thought the Ingredipedia listeners would know how much of a cheapskate I am. So I bought a turkey leg and just used that in the photos. So yeah, I've been eating turkey f- for the last three meals. So I'm all turkeyed up and ready to go for tonight. All right. Well, let's talk turkey. Uh, ben, you've spent a bit of time in the advertising world. So, oh. <laughs> so I, I thought this was a safe space. <laughs> so I know you love a portmanteau. Of course. So I've got one for you. Tofurkey. The tofu turkey. Yes. I've, I've um, heard of tofurkey. I haven't yeah, sampled I, well, it. I feel like most people would know that there's a tofu equivalent of turkey mm-hmm. for the vegetarians and vegans around the Christmas table. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to find out exactly what a tofurkey is. Like, does it have a face? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I did a bit of research. Uh-huh. So if you were going to pick anywhere in the world for a tofu turkey company to be based, which city would you pick? <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that was a guess. Um, okay. So they're imported to Australia by a distributor based here. And I actually saw an ad for them in my social media feed the other day. So they're like becoming a thing here. And it looks like a small, round, wingless version of a turkey. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, unfortunately, I couldn't get my hands on one. I did scope um, Carlton and Fitzroy to mm. try and find one, but I couldn't find one. But I did look up their ingredients, and their number one ingredient is water. Then, not, not tofu? <laughs> no. Okay. And the number two ingredient is something called vital wheat gluten. Mm-hmm. And the number three ingredient is organic tofu. And then there's a few other ingredients like soy sauce and vegetables too. So I looked up what vital wheat gluten is and it's a low-carb flour that's 100% gluten. So I guess that rules it out for the gluten-free The gluten intolerant <laughs> yeah. bad luck. Um, and it also has a stuffing. So there's the stuffing's made of organic brown rice, whole wheat bread cubes, onion, celery, water, organic wild rice and a few more flavourings. Uh-huh. So that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'd eat that. And there's also a gravy that comes with it that's obviously made out of stuff other than meat. And you bake it in the oven surrounded by veggies like a normal turkey. So that actually sounds good. Mm. I'm kind of down, but um, I should point out that I was a vegetarian for a few years and then I broke my vegetarianism by eating a fried dim sim from a fish and chip shop. So I don't know if I'm the best person to comment mm. on vegetarian products, but... I am kind of into the tofurkey. Okay, tofurkey, <laughs> uh, we're, we're pro. And it's interesting, Emily, that you've started with a portmanteau. I'm going to keep the portmanteaus going. Uh, mine is has slightly more meat in it. Okay. I'm going to talk about the turducken. T- oh, yeah. And we, we've all heard of the turducken, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a chicken stuffed in a duck, stuffed in a turkey. But where does it come from? Um, so there's arguments basically throughout mainly the south of America um, and mainly in the 20th century, as to who is responsible for the turducken. Uh, 
Paul Proudhomme is one of the chefs that has, has claimed it. Um, he was based in Wyoming, but he's from Louisiana, and it even appeared in his 1987 cookbook. The Proudhomme family cookbook, old-time Louisiana recipes by the 11 Proudhomme brothers and sisters <laughs> and chef Paul Proudhomme, which is a snappy title. Flew off the shelves. And if you're wondering what he looks like, uh, for any fans of the Cannonball Run, he looks exactly like Dom DeLuise. Um, so there are precedents well before Paul Proudhomme for Tadakan-like foods. So we go back to the 1774 book, The Art of Cookery, which has a recipe for Yorkshire Christmas pie that involves stuffing pigeon, partridge, fowl, goose, and finally turkey all into one another. Uh, and there's sources that say in 1807 that a chef called Alexandre Balthazar Laurent Grimaud de la Reynier, <laughs> who was a Napoleonic-era chef, served something called roti sans pareil or uh, roast without equal that applied the same principle to what may have been as many as 17 different birds. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't know there were 17 birds. Yeah, well, he found them <laughs> and he put them inside each other and then he ate them. Uh, and then going back even further, Further to the 14th century, uh, where peacocks were boned and roasted and restuffed into their feathered skin, uh, and this is the piece de resistance in um, in the uh, Republic of Georgia, in the sort of the former Russian states. Uh, they they had something called the Georgian feast. Um, so th- uh, this is in a, a, a book about Russian foods in. Um, Georgian times. Uh, there was a very old feast dish that calls for a huge ox roasted on a spit, stuffed successively, uh, successively with a calf, a lamb, a turkey, a goose, a duck, and finally a young chicken, and seasoned throughout with spices. The art lay in ensuring that each type of meat was perfectly roasted. So uh, I've named about 60 different meats here, including um, ox and lamb. It kind of feels like turkey's never really been good enough for us. Mm. It's never just been enough. We've got to make it out of tofu. We've got to stuff it with another animal. Um, and, yeah, this, the tadakin is uh, an extension of that. Um, it has taken off, though. My mum bought one from Aldi the other day wow. and is cooking one on Christmas Day. So hopefully Paul Proudhomme is as proud <laughs> as I am. Cool. So, Ben, we've established that you like turkey mm-hmm. and I know you like cake. Yes. So how do you feel about the turkey cake? Uh, I didn't know it existed. <laughs> Let until me explain. Okay, sure. Okay. So it's a savoury cake, but it does have sweet elements. Uh-huh. So I'll take you through it. So you know those layer cakes that are kind of in fashion at the moment with the different layers when you cut into it? Yeah. The tall ones? It's one of them, but it's made up of an entire turkey dinner. So first things first. Yeah. The turkey layers of the turkey cake are made of ground turkey breast, oats, parmesan cheese, tomato sauce, onion, parsley, Worcestershire sauce, soy sauce, thyme, sage, pepper and garlic. Okay, I like all those things. So you cook those layers first and then you spread cranberry sauce on those layers. So there are two turkey layers and then there's one stuffing layer. But what separates the layers is um, mashed potato, mm-hmm. which acts as the icing and also covers the outside ah, of the cake. Yeah, okay. And you actually spread it on with one of those icing spatulas like you would an actual cake. Yes. And then on top of that, just on the top bit, there's a mashed sweet potato layer. And then, this is the weird bit, you get <laughs> mini marshmallows and place them on top of the sweet potato. Yeah, no, that's... This is American. This is American. Yeah. They do that. That's like, yeah, well, hey, let's put marshmallows in it because it's a salad. <laughs> yeah. 
and then you bake the whole thing again for two minutes until the marshmallows are a bit brown on top. Yeah. And then you serve it with gravy. <laughs> so this yeah. is um, a recipe I got off the internet and it um, had comments enabled. So some of the comments on the turkey cake recipe are pretty great. Yeah. Alcapel says, foul, foul. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever. Very um, another comment says, my English fiancé has threatened to call it off if I make this dish. And it's good to know that the turkey cake is not just for Christmas. M.L. Gagnon says, I think this may be my son's birthday cake next month. <laughs> <laughs> so would you eat the turkey layer cake? Uh, I'm pro. Yeah, I reckon it sounds better than a roast turkey. It's kind of genius. Yeah. It's interesting. And if you've got a, um, a small oven as well, because mm. sometimes like the shape of a turkey is tough for your oven. I, I know I've seen some of the, some of the, the turkeys that are, that are out there. Yeah. I, I worry about the size of my oven. Yeah. To be frank. So this is like perfect for portability, size. You can put it in the back of your car easily and take <laughs> it to your, your in-laws. Yeah, except maybe like swap out the marshmallows for like cheese or something. <laughs> I, th- I think you've got to go with it. Really? If you're doing it, do it. Okay. Uh, I had trouble this week. Uh, this is our eighth, uh, eighth ingredient that we've explored. And usually I just type that ingredient into the search bar of my search engine and it tells me facts and then I read them out. But um, this one was hard because of the country with the same name. Um, But I did find an article that is all about that in The Economist. Um, So basically the turkey doesn't come from turkey. Does that surprise you? Um, yeah, I mean, you'd think that it would. You would think, because that is the country that um, that all the, the search results came up with. Um, the official Linnaean name from 1758 is Meliagris Gallopavo Gallopavo, which crosses Greek roots with Latin to mean guinea fowl, chicken peacock, chicken peacock. So that's actually incorrect <laughs> three times. Um, the bird is actually native to Mexico. Uh, it was taken to Europe by the Spanish conquistadors, so you talking uh, about people like Cortez uh, around 1519. Uh, In the 15th and 16th centuries, they were times of great change. Uh, So we've got Columbus making the the world new with the help of pickles, as we've discussed before. Uh, Vasco da Gama was charting a course around the Cape of Good Hope and the world was opening up for trade in ways that that just had never been done before. So the Ottoman traders were in the middle of it all uh, because of where they were in sort of modern-day Turkey. That was sort of literally in the middle um, of of all this this trade. Uh, Many of the Arab seafarers had sworn allegiance to the Turkish Caliphate at this point, so they were known as Turks, and the goods that they transferred were Turkey goods, and the birds that they carried were turkey birds. Right. Um, at first, turkey birds actually weren't turkeys as we know them today. They were probably guinea fowls. And so there's a lot of mention of them in Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff when um, they're called turkeys but actually aren't. But um, eventually turkeys that we know and love replaced them and became the birds that we know and eat once a year. Um, but the, I, I thought I'd kind of cleared up all the confusion. That's why they're called turkeys. But the people of Turkey don't call them turkeys um, because they originally mistook the turkey for a peacock, which is from India. So the modern Turkish for turkey is a translation of India bird. In Hebrew, it's called a hodu, which is an ancient name for India. The French is dinda um, from Inda or India. Um, So there's a whole bunch of people that kind of thought it was a bird from India. In Southeast Asia, the turkey became known as the Dutch chicken, the French chicken or just the foreign chicken if they just couldn't decide (laughs) which one they preferred. Uh, 
nowhere in any language is the bird called Mexico. In fact, in Mexico, the name comes from the original Aztec. Um, the, the name is uh, uh, Guajolote, which is from the Aztec, which is Huesolotl, um, which may mean big monster or it could be Huazolotl, which means clown of the jungle. I like that name. I like. I think they are the jungle's clowns. So in all the confusion, um, the only conclusion that can be drawn is that turkey is truly a global bird and also that everybody is kind of stupid. So my next fact slightly pains me. Okay. I mean, it's a happy story, a magical, extremely happy story, but it also makes me feel a bit sad. So... Um, I've been to Disney parks twice. Mm-hmm. I went to Disneyland in LA when I was 11. Yeah. And Disney Sea in Tokyo when I was 26. <laughs> yep. And neither time I had one of their famous jumbo turkey legs. <laughs> I didn't even know they were a thing. So turkey legs are a big thing in these parks. In some parks, the turkey legs are actually sold as dinosaur bones <laughs> because they're so big. Yeah. So they're around 700 grams per leg. <laughs> And some people say that it tastes like ham because it's cured with salt. So you hold the bone with your hand and just tear the meat off with your mouth. And I think the reason that they're so popular is because it makes people look like they're out of the Flintstones. Yeah, it's basically you're a caveman. Yeah. And that is cool on Instagram. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it looks really good. But were these things invented before Instagram? Yeah, but I think that they've really taken off. Yeah. Social media has made them a thing. So, have you ever been to Disneyland? I have. Okay. 1986. And you didn't have a turkey leg? I don't recall. <laughs> you would have remembered. Yeah. Um, so, everything there, obviously, is shaped like a character. Like, there's a probably millions and millions of pieces of Mickey Mouse merchandise you can buy, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. But alongside all the cartoon characters and all the cute little faces, you can buy turkey leg merchandise. So, there's a turkey leg T-shirt with a picture of a turkey leg above the words turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> There's turkey leg. What, what's it all about, though? But, oh, okay. turkey leg. Okay. It's, good. it's just the turkey leg. Like, there's not even a face on the turkey leg. <laughs> and then in, like, the bakeries, there are sweet treats shaped like turkey legs. Mm-hmm. Turkey leg magnets, turkey leg wallets. Wait, they're shaped like turkey legs, but do they taste like turkey legs? Um, no, they're made of rice krispies. They just, like, look like a <laughs> okay. turkey leg. Okay, fair enough. Um turkey leg dessert maybe mm. and then there's multiple styles of turkey leg hats and there's also turkey leg air fresheners that i'm assuming smells like turkey legs i hope so <laughs> um so i would like to put it to our listeners if anyone is near a disneyland i will pay for a turkey leg sent here in an esky and if that's too hard i will settle for a turkey leg air freshener <laughs> we'll see what we can do <laughs> listeners please please help help a brother out uh well from your very, very, um, I, I, what would you say, a childish <laughs> turkey merchandise and, you know, theme park talk. I'm going to talk about science now. Good, hard science. And I'm going to start where any scientific discussion should begin with Seinfeld. More wine and turkey? <laughs> so when I saw George on the street with an 18-pound turkey and a giant box of wine, I thought, what a coincidence. We're just about to eat. What is that? turkey that makes you sleepy tryptophan <laughs> i think have some more wine what video did you get so there you go. And um, a bit of backstory they're trying to make this woman fall asleep um i think to steal 
toys from her. I, can't, I didn't watch the full episode. But uh, they, you will have heard the mention there of tryptophan, which is uh, an amino acid that is in Turkey, that it's a commonly held belief that it puts you to sleep. Um, it, it is true that, that tryptophan um, uh, is a component of the brain chemical serotonin, which gets converted into the well-known sleep-inducing hormone, melatonin. So, yeah, the, the, the widely held belief is you eat some turkey, you fall asleep. It's science. But I have to tell you, like all science from sitcoms, it's all a myth. Uh, yes, turkey is high in tryptophan, but so is chicken. Um, and so uh, uh, that very reputable um, <laughs> internet uh, suppository, sorry, repository, that's, that's a joke, uh, WebMD asks, when was the last time you felt sleepy after a lean chicken breast? So, um, yeah, gram for gram, it's got chicken. It has actually more tryptophan than turkey. And also gram for gram, cheddar cheese contains more tryptophan than turkey does. Well, I feel like cheese does make you sleepy. Well, is it the tryptophan though? Okay. Because it's been demonstrated... Um, this is the part where I just read something out of Wikipedia. It has been demonstrated in both animal models and humans that ingestion of a meal rich in carbohydrates triggers, triggers release of insulin. Insulin in turn stimulates the uptake of large neutral branch chain amino acids, but not tryptophan, an aromatic amino acid, into muscle, increasing the ratio of tryptophan to BCAA in the bloodstream. So basically what this is saying is that it is uh, uh, carbohydrates that put you to sleep. Um, so any meal containing tryptophan with lots of carbohydrates can trigger sleepiness. So it's not just the turkey. So, you know, with Christmas dinner, you're adding in potatoes, you're adding in, you know, um, sweet potatoes with mm. marshmallows on the top <laughs> and you're adding in booze. So tryptophan might make you feel a little bit drowsy, but it's nothing compared to what carbohydrates will do and nothing compared to what booze will do. So... It's not the turkey putting you to sleep. It's the potatoes, it's the 17 beers and the cheeky rosé. So please stop blaming the turkey. Okay, so what did we talk about today? I spoke about tofurkey, the vegetarian slash vegan turkey equivalent. I talked about tadakan, the vegetarian slash vegan nightmare. (laughs) Um, Round two, I spoke about the turkey layer cake, which is a whole turkey dinner inside one cake. And I talked about uh, the name of turkey, the country. Well, more the bird, (laughs) but the country was in it. And I spoke about the cult of the turkey leg at Disneyland. And I busted myths about tryptophan and sitcoms. Um, so you can vote for whose facts you like the best on our Instagram. You just look up Ingredipedia and um, there'll be a little tile for Ben's facts or a little tile for my facts. So, yeah, f- feed our egos. <laughs> or break our souls into tiny <laughs> tiny pieces, as is often the case for me. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.